Well, hey there, everyone. Welcome to episode 87 of the Finger Guns Podcast. How are you doing? My name is Roscoe. I'm joined by Mr. Greg Hicks. Hello. How are you today, sir? I'm good. Back from my... I've missed two weeks, haven't I? Two, two weeks. Hiatus. Yeah. Yes. I missed, I missed the 86th, and I could have made a joke about the year being born. Yeah. But, oh well. But yes, I'm back and ready to moan my way through a podcast. Hooray! Woo! Just like old times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Mr. Toby Anderson. Evening. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm good. I suppose I should have made the uh, joke about the 86, but um, are we on 87 now then? This is episode 87, yeah. Right, so the young'uns can make the joke instead. Is that you? Were you uh, 87? No, I was 86. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, we've missed it then. Cool. Wow. What an intro. That? <laughs> <laughs> 87th and last. Oh, oh well. <laughs> and someone also born in 1986, Mr. Sean Davies. Yeah, I'm just sitting here thinking, why didn't Toby think of me? <laughs> <laughs> Is that because I look like I'm 40? Maybe? You act like you're about 20 years senior than you are, yeah. Yes, I am the father of finger guns, yes. And then we've got the old, the old man who's not here who was really, really old. Yeah. And we have to wake him up halfway through a podcast. He's out in his string beans and he's gone down for a nap. I think I just figured, <laughs> I think I just figured Ross was 87 because he was in the year below, year below us. us. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, he's only a few just months behind on me. That. I'm one of the youngest yeah. in the year and he's one of the oldest of his year. Mm. It's October 86, so yeah. Wow, how are you, Ross? How, how was your <laughs> 1986 birthday? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. Really good. I had a, I've, I've had a great 34 years so far. Thank you for asking. Really we should and, really uh, plan these intros, shouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you something. Um, all of you really do you remember that year was it last year when every celebrity died no that was 2016 wasn't it 20, whatever year 2018 20 whatever whatever year it was remember when we said things couldn't get worse <laughs> we did yeah. that to ourselves didn't we really? i think it was 2016 when it was bowie and prince and a whole bunch of other people all died that feels so long ago now 2016 yeah yeah but yeah thanks for that <laughs> Shall we um, talk about video games? What a cracky intro this is. Oh, yeah. Goodness me. Pressing. <laughs> oh, to, to round off your December, let's just complain about the years gone by. We're all so old and remember when everyone died. Uh, wish I had a third week off now. <laughs> right, let's crack on then with uh, our game of the week. Greg, what's your game of the week? I've had a bit of a, a smorgasbord of games this week. I've dabbled in quite a few. But if I had to pick a game... It's nothing new. The new one that I'm playing for review, I can't talk about anyway. But uh, for me, I think it's going to be Hitman 2, the 2018 Hitman 2, not the old Silent Assassin. I recently got the Game of the Year edition, sorry, the Gold edition on PS4 on the store. And um, yeah, it's just nice re-immersing myself back into Hitman. Uh, I finished the 2016 version, just the story missions, and I dabbled a little bit. So playing this one now in its full content, I don't have to worry about unlocking missions anyway, and I've got the extra like the sniper missions and all that kind of stuff. It's really good fun, and I never really took advantage of it the first time around. But the the story missions you can do, uh, the mission objectives that pretty much handhold you through each mission, are a really welcome addition. I mean, I, I was a bit in, I don't want to say like a purist, but I was a bit like that's a bit of a stupid gimmick, like teaching you how to do a, list, uh, a level. But it actually works out right because part of the fun of old Hitman games is learning the map. Now, I don't have as much time as I used to. I used to sit and play Blood Money for hours. But what these 
mission objectives or story missions do is it gives you like waypoints so it's like oh if you want to you can go and eavesdrop these guards and they'll give you a story mission to do so it'll be like oh so and so always takes a cigarette break at this time on his balcony so you think oh, okay i'll follow the hints so you know he's going to be there to push him off his balcony and that kind of thing or one of them that i did the other day was uh it's like a colombian drug trio that you've got to take out and one of them is you fix the the cocaine like the, the automatic cocaine bundler and you follow the the mission objectives and sure enough as he's as you fixed it he comes around to have a look and you shove him in that it's like a miniature hay baler kind of thing and you can finish your mission normally that way and then it encourages you and says well why don't you go back and do it this way or why don't you go back and have fun with it and there's all these challenges to do and stuff like that and like even i mean in-game challenges and then even the trophies have their own like Oh, their own parameters to to experiment with when you get a bit more comfortable with it. So yeah, it's not a new game, but it's worth it if you are a fan of like the Hitman games and you're a little bit put off with 2016's weird episodic revival kind of thing. You can pick up both of them for dirt cheap now. But yeah, Hitman 2 is really good fun. And I put about three hours into one mission the other night just fanning around reloading trying this out oh i've been spotted right okay i'll try this tactic and it just brings back hitman to me that i used to love so it's, it's rekindled that enthusiasm for the games and makes me look forward to hitman 3 when it comes out early next year awesome awesome yeah it's uh it is a lot of fun hitman 2 definitely i remember uh, playing it i remember playing the demo when i went to egx with you guys in oh, yeah. 2018 and I remember I balls up and started shooting everyone. And the rep was like, wow, that's the most violent I've seen anyone playing this. Today. <laughs> and I was like, well, too fair, man. You only gave me 10 minutes. And the time I restarted, he's like, no, no, carry on. So I did. Did you try at first? Did you try the stealthy sneaky sneak? And I then... did. I did. But like uh, the, uh, the uh, EGX, I tried it. And I, I knocked someone out and someone saw it. So I ran up and I knocked them out. And it just started this cavalcade of cock-ups where it was just like, oh, you spotted. And it's just like a domino chain, like someone spotted me. And it's, it's like that bit on Wayne's Road. And they tell their friends, and then they tell their friends. <laughs> and I just thought, balls to it, sniper rifle. So, yeah. But I'm playing it proper now. So Proper. Proper. Nice. Yeah, I've played the, the many, because they they seem to be releasing this game for free in sections over the last two years. Yeah. And they have like the starter pack. So I tried that out. And, uh, yeah, the, the only confusion is there's there's so many different versions of it. And like I got the gold edition. And I think, sweet, I've got all the expansion stuff. And I had to download the expansion pack. No, the season pass, sorry. And then I had to, I thought I thought I'd unlock them all. I had to go back into the store and find the ones that said free and then read and like put them in my downloads. And it's just like <laughs> just if I if I do something like conversely, I got the Batman Arkham Knight season pass recently. And that just goes, Yep, it's all in the download queue. There you go fucking hitman i can see why people got annoyed with the episodic thing and having to download it all but once you get your head around it it's great fun really agree uh mr toby anderson your game of the week um i'd agree with all that about hitman uh just just as a starting point i used to love doing that thing where you just reload it reload it reload it and try and do different things or just save at a particular point and try and reload the same you know you reload the same bit but do it in like 10 different ways to get a whole bunch of the different challenges at once good fun um, I can't really talk about Animal Farm, always Animal Farm, because it's embargoed. So I won't go with that one. Um, but I do have some kind of two. Um, one was pretty much what I said last uh, last week. I have a small announcement. I completed Code Vein this evening. Woo! 
Thank you. Um, <laughs> that's what I was waiting for. One Souls player to another. Well done. Yeah, so I've actually finished a 3D Souls-like um, without playing through. any of the Soul games beforehand. With, well, I've played Bloodborne, but not gone oh, all yeah. the way through. I, I've got a couple of bosses in. Um, but yeah, all the standard bosses, the main story, done. So I'm now considering whether I go back um, back through it. You've got to complete it three times, and though each of those other playthroughs would only be like five hours or so each, um, just to do the bosses, basically. And I'm just trying to consider whether I want that platinum enough. Um, but, uh, do I miss the game? Do I not? I don't know. It's good fun. It was really good fun. Get the platinum. Um, get the platinum. Get the platinum. Yeah, I, that's my my inner voice there somehow just coming out. <laughs> Should I get the platinum? Your inner um, northern voice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was going to say your inner, your, your inner voice is northern. <laughs> Isn't everybody's? We're so like kindly and nice. It's like <laughs> having it. a little little hobbit in your head, you know. Anyway. The um hey, the other game I was going to mention going to Mount Doom. <laughs> the other game I was going to mention was um Haven. I won't say too much because I'm sure that's um what Roscoe mentioned in a second. But um yeah, Haven's been um an interesting one to start off this week, and it didn't really come out on the third on um Xbox until like really late in the evening. Um, so I couldn't download it for a while, but I've had a chance to play it on the last couple of days, and it's it's an interesting one. I think it's sort of got this weird. It's like trying to be um, really, really simple to play, but manages to be dull in many ways at the same time. Um, it's got this beautiful sort of, you know, lovable set of characters in the middle and a, and a nice, a nice story arc. But apart from that, the gameplay is quite repetitive, and it's it's not quite what I wanted it to be. Um, I think for a bunch of different reasons, actually, than what um, Ross you put in your um, than what you put in your review. Um, but just, you know, there were other reasons as well to, to, to sort of market the same way. Um, and, um, and yeah, I just eventually was like, well, the soundtrack is incredible. The, the, these two characters are incredible, but yeah, I think I would have marked it exactly the same. Um, so yeah, I'm going to carry on going through. I think I'm about halfway through getting all the engine parts and things that you need to do to get to the end. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's sort of, it's not quite, I wouldn't say disappointing, but it's, um, it just wasn't what I wanted it to be. So I'm not going to say I'm disappointed because I'm still going to go through it and I still will enjoy plenty of it. It's just not the 10 out of 10, you know, thing that I wanted it to be or, or, or made it in my head. No, it definitely isn't. Which it is was, a shame. It was, yeah, it was, I will put, you know, my hand on my heart and say it is a disappointment for sure. But it's not awful. And there's something there to uh to enjoy definitely and that's good actually because i was going back and forth on two games for this week so i can i can use the other one now all right no worries <laughs> <laughs> uh yes but you can read my review of haven on fingerguns.net right now and uh, mr sean davies your game of the week my game of the week is called um unto the end so this i can't talk about um my impressions of it but i want to do a little preview of it because it's coming out this week, and I don't want to spoil what I want what I want to say about it if in the review because I'm embargoed. But I do want to talk about it because I don't think I'll get a chance next week because I think we'll all be talking about Cyberpunk. So, so I just want to talk about it this week. Um, it should be interesting with no impressions. No, I'm just I'm just <laughs> going to describe what it is. And, okay. And I did play it at TGX last year when when we could play games at TGX. And uh, it was it was decent, um, so I just want to 
just get that out there. So this is basically what happens if you combine a 2D Souls-like with games from Play Dead, like Inside or Limbo. You get like a 2D world where the combat is very deep. You've got like a system set up like a parry system where enemies will attack high and low. And if you hold the, the left stick up or down, you will block those attacks. Not all of them. And some of them will combo attacks together, which means you need to, to change the, the parrying quickly. Um, but basically, it is nails. It is absolutely nails. But it's incredibly accessible at the same time. So if you die, and you will die, you will die often, and you'll die from traps, and you will die from enemies, and you'll die from bosses, and all these kind of things, it puts you back just a little bit. Um, there's there's a few things that um, I will talk about in the review, which goes up on the eighth. So make sure to check that out because there's going to be lots more impressions. But it's a very cool art style, like a, a low poly, um, snowy wilderness about a guy trying to get back home to his family. And it is a very interesting game that I think you should read the review of on th on Wednesday eighth, Tuesday, Tuesday. In other news, I've almost got the platinum in Watch Dogs and Spider Man Miles Morales, and I've also been playing lots of poker club and there'll be a review up on the website today if you listen to this. So yeah, they were my many games of this week, which I've talked about like four of a hundred, but yeah. Nice. What's your game of the week? Uh, well, um, say, I was Fortnite. Gonna, say Fortnite. I was going to discuss Haven, but yeah, it's Fortnite. Yay. It just, it just kind of has to be because it's the start of a new season and my God, man. I don't think I'm ever going to leave this game. <laughs> I think I am stuck now in the proverbial loop for the rest of my life. Sean and I and, um, and Logan watched the event, the big old live event that they did last week where Galactus came to the island and we all jumped on and had a really good time. I don't think it was the best live event they've ever done, but it was certainly a lot of fun. And from then... The game shut down for eight hours and then it came back with a brand new island-ish and it's just really good fun now. It's, it's, it's a lot more challenging than it used to be in the sense that there are more challenges to do on the island instead of just running and gunning, you know. Um, there's bounties that you can take, which is ripped from uh, Call of Duty Warzone, but done in a very fortnite -y kind of way. Um, and that keeps, that keeps it really interesting because they're all tied to XP and of course XP is tied to your battle pass and you know, it's, it all sort of feeds back into the, uh, the Fortnite machine and I'm having a really good time with it. I'm not really playing it to get royales anymore. I'm just sort of playing it to, like it's a campaign, like I'm working through it as going up through each level and each level and each level and that's, that's where I'm finding a lot of fun in it and it's, it's really good fun and I did... For the first time ever, I did shamefully spend money on cosmetics, uh, which is something I have never done before. And I couldn't resist it. I mean, as soon as Kratos landed, it was like, oh my God, yes, I must have that immediately. Uh, fortunately, I still had a fair few fee bucks in my, in my account. So it didn't, it didn't cost me that much, but I'm still a little ashamed of myself. I'm a little worried because this, this is meant to start off a series of gaming heroes that are going to be in the, the game over the next few months. So I'm a little scared what they're going to keep adding. If Master Chief turns up, then yeah, my wallet is going to be annihilated. Uh, Sean, you've been playing Fortnite as well with Logan, I presume. 
uh, and I'd alone and I'd of course, yeah. um yeah I, I I don't play it like like I know you do I know you play it like to get through the challenges and stuff I'm not really taking much notice of the challenges I can still feel the pull of the XP and the stuff I didn't bother with the the better uh, battle pass this time around but I did get the battle pass because the kids wanted the uh, you know the, the the chance to get all these cosmetic items and whatever, so they they can play it. And Mando, and Mando, yeah, yeah um, indeed. I, I I've also got Kratos, which which yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, there, there's nothing that, like you put him in a game, and I'm going to buy it for for six years. He was my PlayStation um, picture until people said, but you, you know, Kratos is and I'm like, oh whatever, I'm just going to change it. it. You know, he's one of my favorite gaming characters, and um, despite all of his problematic past. Um, so I was going to get it and the game is is at the minute I think it's it's very very cool it's very competitive and I, I'm playing it to get the rails and I am I'm, I'm convinced that they've either made building slower or less effective because I don't build ever unless I have to climb something and I, I've seen so few people turn into six-story buildings in seconds over the last like however long this season has been in, been going um i've got a couple of wins which are not, you know the, it, it it doesn't happen this regularly normally but i am getting wins which is scary um and i am also feeling the way that the boss is feeling about this game that this is the kind of game that you can probably play forever if they continue to put out content at this at this rate and it's astonishing the way that they are I know, I know Ross says that that wasn't the best live event they've done, but I think that was the most interactive. And I was astonished at the amount of polish and effort they put in for something that's going to happen once. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, I completely agree with that. And it was fun to kind of... Uh, what's the name of that bit in Star Wars where they go, where they tear through the Death Star? Oh, the trench run. Yes. I loved how you trenched run Galactus's arm. <laughs> that was really cool. Yeah. That was really N- cool. The, yeah. the the whole thing was like you know I know that there's 12.5 million people watching it at that time or, or sorry in in it um, with a couple more million watches, but I just think to myself that is an astonishing achievement to put that amount of polish into something like you know it's something that you see in a triple A game that's going to happen once, and I know they make billions yeah. on it per year, but you know it was just so good. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Well done, Epic. Well done. God damn it, Fortnite. <laughs> Thought I was out, they get me back in, and it just keeps happening. But it'll never go away. Anyway, enough about Fortnite. Sorry, Greg. Let's move on to uh, the quiz. It's we're going to do the quiz now. Uh, the quiz, which um, just want to just confirm. Uh, Toby and I won last week. Very exciting. Whoop, whoop. So let's see what Sean has on offer this week. Yeah, give me two seconds. I've just got the wrong couple of set of questions. Uh... If it's last week's, give us last week's. That was last week's. Um, I don't know why I gave them both the same, the same name. Okay. Did you right. both win if it was just two of you playing? Hush. There was, there was, there was a draw and I wasn't going to do a tiebreaker anymore. Oh, uh, okay. There's no such thing as a tiebreaker anymore. Uh, okay. You get the same amount of points, you just win. And there's a lot of people bitching about it. And, um, and it just, it's just better that way. Was, the, was there bitching about your nine? Oh, no, no, there's just bits of the money from Paul. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It, 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 like, it doesn't matter which way I do it, um, he moans. So it's, it's just not, it's not worth it, okay? So, okay. But I sure yes. hope he doesn't listen to this. Oh, wait, he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> okay. 
So this quiz is all about something I've wanted to do for a long time, but haven't really got around to it, Nintendo. This quiz is all about Nintendo games. And you! Yes, so I know that this is probably Ross Bias, but I know that you two have also spent time with Nintendo uh, in the past. I'm aware of the brand. There you go. So, Nintendo who? <laughs> oh, sorry, Toby. Um, there, is, there is one question <laughs> I can guarantee that you will get on here. Um, I know Nintendo is fine. Okay, right. If you've never heard, okay, this... at least two out of ten. Everyone had a Nintendo at one point. Even if you had a Mega Drive, it was a Nintendo. Yeah, I think, I think everyone here had a Game Boy. Yeah, I had a SNES. Well, I had a Game Boy Color. Woo! Nice. So, if you've ever heard this podcast before, I'm going to ask ten questions. The guys are going to write down their answers, and then at the end of the podcast, we'll get their answers, uh, and we'll see who won and if you can beat them. Let's roll. So, question one: The Nintendo Company was founded in 1889 and originally made what? I'm out. So question one. The Nintendo company was founded in 1889 and originally made what? Start. Can we not have what is the name of Mario's dinosaur companion? Oh, come on, man. Yeah, that's, what, <laughs> that's what we're looking for. That's what we're here for. Okay. This is, uh, this is yet another reason why you should watch that Netflix um, games high score thing. Yes. Because it's on do there. You, do you work for high score or something? It was just really, Toby, really good. Work? <laughs> <laughs> okay, question two. Which of these Zelda games was originally published on the Game Boy? Was it Minish Cap, The Adventures of Link, or Link's Awakening? Question two. Which of these Zelda games was originally published on the Game Boy? Was it Minish Cap, The Adventures of Link, or Link's Awakening? Okay, question three. What was the name of the light gun peripheral for the original Nintendo Entertainment System? Question three. What was the name of the light gun peripheral for the original Nintendo Entertainment System? The one you needed for Duck Hunt. Uh, can we have this NES one instead? Nope. <laughs> Oh, piss, I don't know. I just always call them light guns. He had a, he had a specific name. Mm. A specific name? A specific. Didn't see Chris Eubank for a second there. Um, okay, question four. Which Nintendo series features a villain called Ridley? Ooh. And question Yay. four. <laughs> Question four, which Nintendo series features a villain named Ridley? Oh, there we go. I think I've got my two out of ten now. <laughs> I only know this because of Super Smash Brothers. Shameful, isn't it? Really? Yeah. When, they, when they, they, the original games. When they dropped the uh, the trailer for Ridley's appearance in Smash Brothers. <laughs> I was like, who the hell's that? And then they, they, they linked it into you are such a fraud. The series. I've never played I've never <laughs> uh, I've never played this franchise ever. Oh, okay. It's my favourite Far Cry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, question five. What is the name of Star Fox's battleship and mobile mobile headquarters? Is it Starship Fox, Lilac Fox, or Great Fox? And question five. What is the name what? of Star, Star Fox's battleship and mobile headquarters? Not his ship, his battleship and mobile headquarters. You're a battleship. Yeah. 
Uh, that's what she said. Anyway, Starship, <laughs> Starship Fox, Lila Fox, or Great Fox? Who give a fox? They just asked me what the ship's called. I know that. Yeah, well, if you answer that, then you get it right, won't you? No, it's fucking what the fighters are called. Oh. Yeah, ask me what that is. Okay, question six. The first legendary Pokemon introduced in the Kanto region. Oh, fuck off. Are Articuno. <laughs> oh, Jesus bloody Christ. What the. F- <laughs> Let me finish the question before you bitch for moan, please. All right, <laughs> no. fine. All right, question six. The first legendary Pokemon introduced in the Kanto region are Articuno, Zapdos, and which other Pokemon? Kanto region. I don't know or care because it's fucking Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So you want you want the other out of the three legendary birds? Yes, please. Wait, I forgot what the two were. I was grumbling. <laughs> uh, you said Articuno. No, don't say it because you're going to get it wrong and give me the answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question six. I know the whole question. Is just what were the two? What were the two you've named? Okay, question six. The first legendary Pokemon introduced in the Kanto region are Articuno, Zapdos, and which other Pokemon? Oh, I might know it, but I don't know what it's called. Fuck. <laughs> I, think I, I might know, know it, but I don't know what no, it's I called. Think, I think I can picture it, but I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't fucking know anymore after the first three. One's okay. a Pikachu, isn't it? That's not even the first three. First, first three games. Oh, I thought you meant first three Pokemon. Okay. Question seven. In which Mario game did Wario make his first appearance? Is it Yoshi's Island... Super Mario All-Stars, or Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins. So question seven, in which Mario game did Wario make his first appearance? Yoshi's Island, Super Mario All-Stars, or Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins. What a terrible name for a game. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even remember it having that little subtitle. You gonna ask some uh, difficult ones soon, or just gonna uh, just gonna keep this going? You didn't know what fucking series. Oh. <clears throat> okay. Question eight: Drawing success from the Mario Kart series, which N64 game used characters from the Donkey Kong Country franchise to have their own racing fun? Extreme G3. <laughs> Yahoo. Uh, question 8 drawing success from the Mario Kart series which N64 game used characters from the Donkey Kong Country franchise to have their own racing fun I would love to see a crossover with Mario and Extreme G3 so as soon as they start to bite Mario just goes flies off of it (laughs) Extreme G was excellent it really was that died a death didn't it yeah and then it was never an F-Zero there was never an F-Zero after the GameCube one was there Uh, I don't I don't understand that a new F-Zero would be blinding, especially in 4K. And all oh, wait, no, can I switch? Mm. Can't do 4K, can it? Not, Not yet. yet. Ooh. Okay, question nine. They're going to bring that out just just now that I've bought one, aren't they? Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, Toby, this is your curse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I thought I'd just bite the bullet and buy it. Then they'll Thank finally you, announce that other one. Thank you for your sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question nine. Which Nintendo character made his debut in Mario Tennis for the N64? Is it? Was it? Yeah. <laughs> Give me the options. Uh, nope. mm. as, in, as, in, as in debut, like, never seen him, or debut in a tennis game? No, they would never see him before until this game. Oh, 
post. Question 9. Which Nintendo character made his debut in Mario Tennis for the N64? Okay, you got me. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I'm resigning myself to not winning this one. Man, okay, too. and question 10. We know it's not um, Wario because of the previous question. Okay, that <laughs> narrows it down by one. Yeah, Excellent. that's number seven. <laughs> that's, uh, I can say that for sure. I'm going to have to do some real science on this one. Um, sorry, Sean, carry on. That's okay. Um, ask Paul, he'll, he'll be Googling, don't worry. Um, question <laughs> 10. Um, the helpful fairy Navi got its name from which word and function it helps link with. Hey, listen. Watch out. Hey. I don't fucking know. Hello. In question 10, the helpful fairy Navi got its name from which word and function it helps link with. Navi. Damn, son. Well, that was a quiz. Somebody just sent me their answers, and this this could be tight. Right, let's jump into the topics. And this week, our main topic, surprisingly, is Cyberpunk 2077, which is due for release in exactly four days' time at the time of recording. So th- at this point, we kind of be expecting some reviews or previews and things to be jumping out, but there doesn't seem to be an awful lot. And the reason why, CD Projekt Red have not sent out any code for the game. Or very, very few anyway to some incredibly lucky individuals. And there doesn't seem to be an awful lot to discuss at this present moment in time, as, apart from what we'll probably get into that's been leaked on recent era this weekend. Now, the game is very, very close. CDPR are holding their cards very close to their chest and sniping anyone who dares put up pictures or videos from people who already have the game. And we're starting to think if this may or may not be a strategy by CDPR to try and keep our expectations in check or keep the fact that the game does have a mighty patch on the way and at such right now it doesn't look its best and it won't until launch and so pre-launch code has not been available and just don't be honest you've seen a lot of stuff throughout the week of uh, what's been going on with cdpr's kind of sniping of um, content that's been put up or videos and basically them being very cagey about what is going out there and who can get code and stuff uh, do you think this is a smart move on their on their part, or do you think that this might harm the game in the long run? Um, I think it's quite difficult to say whether it's a smart move or not at this stage. Um, it depends if 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 every single copy of the base game has got these you know these glitches that we've been seeing. So um, I've I've seen and I know you guys have seen the same ones. The the sort of the the bugs that are then getting taken down by CD Projekt Red straight away. Things like um, warping things that fling you across the area or driving through another car and things like that um that's presumably in the base game that has then gone gold right so that the actual sort of physical release the the main download at the same time though they've said that it went gold you know a month or two back didn't they all of this crunch all of this time frame that we've been um you know seeing delays and talking about you know big yellow banners that are freaking people out on online has all been crunch time, has all been building a patch to that gold game. Um, and it's meant to be 42 gigabytes. So if I were CT Project Red, I wouldn't want reviews to be made based on a version that is two months out of date and involves a lot of, uh, lots of bugs. So 
I can see why they would be wanting to try and content control that to a large extent. It's also pretty much the biggest game going. Um, and if they can control it, you know, sort of why not? It's It's got to be pretty galling to put in all that extra work and then have all of these reviews come out that give it, you know, whatever, sixes and sevens maybe, because it's full of glitches, um, you know, or even less. I don't know what, what people are sort of thinking. But at the same time, these things sort of seem to me like they could quite easily be solved if you give reviewers the patches as well. So, and this doesn't seem to happen very often. Usually, you know, the reviewer just gets the patch at the same time as everyone else gets the patch. Um, but if they just gave, you know, who, what did they give to the IGN guy who, gave, who had 16 hours on this thing? You know, he didn't mention any bugs whatsoever. Um, and was that because he was told you can't mention any of these bugs that, that won't be in the patch? You know, did he have particular cons you know, constraints or is it because he had a code, he, you know, he had the patch code downloaded and he got the version that we're going to get. And I don't know, we, we, we can't know which way around that is. Um, but without, you know, why, why post all this stuff that's for, for a version of a game that you're not going to, that's not going to be the game you're going to play anyway. You know, now who's going to bother playing it apart from for, you know, for fun trolling videos, who's going to play it without the patch, right? Yeah. Yes, a troll might well do that. And people who want to post up stuff that harms CD Projekt Red, fine. And they'll be able to do that from the 10th onwards, you know, fair, fair play, do whatever you want, right? But it seems pointless. If, if I was going to, if I'm, if I'm going to enjoy that game, I'm going to just get the patch and play it at its best. I want to play on PS5 for fuck's sake, you know, so that I can play it even more at its best. It's it just seems a very strange thing to do unless you're trying to be a content maker, right? Um, any player is just not going to bother. So you know, I, I'm not going to play almost any other game without the latest patch. Why would I bother in this case? Um, so yeah, I, I think most of the graphical or glitch-based um, issues that we've seen, judging by the you know the fact that they haven't then delayed it again, I think they're going to be fixed in that patch. I don't think they'd release it if there were massive glitches like you know, people getting flung across the, the map, which is what we saw on some of those glitch things. They didn't, they, that wouldn't, that, that would be a reason to delay again. You know, that's a bit, that's a bad glitch. But if it's solved, then fine, carry on, release the game, patch the game. Um, so yeah, I, I think if CD Projekt Red can control it, they probably should. Um, it's probably the, it's probably gonna be the most marketed and controlled release. You know, we've seen, apart from a couple of um, Sony first party things, you know, that it's going to be micromanaged to a massive extent. And the fact that they're taking down these videos within, you know, a few hours of them going up is just testament to the fact that they've got, you know, they've got Twitter and they've got, um, I think they make it, they've made some massive deal with Twitter or something, CG Project Red for, for a big advertising campaign that, that may or may not have already started, but um, we'll, we'll certainly be seeing it very shortly. If that doesn't mean that you can then say to Twitter, please, can you take down that? Can you take down that? Can you take down that? They, they'll do it. You know, they, they're, they're all in each other's pockets. So they're able to control a hell of a lot of stuff probably. And I, I think it could be the most micromanaged release we've probably ever seen. Um, but yeah, I think just give it its time. If you don't want to see spoilers, don't watch these videos because it's just spoiling your anticipation, even if it's not spoiling um, storyline. So I'm just going to try and not watch them myself and wait till the 10th and download the patch and play the game as intended. Rightly so. Damn right. I mean, this patch has to be big, right? I mean, after everything that this game has gone through, after going gold and then getting delayed again, you know, yeah. this patch has to be perfect. 
Otherwise, the game will just get crucified almost immediately. Mm-hmm. We were saying this a little while back. You know, this has to be the most polished thing CD Projekt Red have ever released. And after The Witcher, you know, it has to be because The Witcher was full of bugs as well. But the eight-year development schedule, the post-going gold delay, I mean, this thing has to be spot on. And it's, it's no surprise to me that they've been very cagey with their availability and like who gets what because we've seen it happen already today. I mean, recent areas has gone insane with this content that's been dropped. And yes, there are bugs and there are faces that don't look great. But, you know, that's what it's for. And the post version of this game, the post-release version of this game, the game that we're all going to play on the 10th, you know, it's got to be spot on. And you just got to cross your fingers that that patch is going to do what it's supposed to do and iron out everything. It's not going to iron out everything. I'm sure someone will find the odd bug here and there. But, you know, we are in. It's 2021. That's what patches are for. Um, Greg, do you think... Um, I'm sort of going to ask the same question to you, really. Who... Do you think that CDPR are, are right to do this? Do you think that the, the the sort of like the pre-patch content is content that we're not going to see anyway? So, I think away from the technical side of things that Toby's covered, I think in a way, I think I've mentioned this before on the cast, and I've got to stop saying I think as well. I should be a bit clearer. They kind of made a rod for their own backs in the well, not them, but we've also hyped it up to be the best, and they want to deliver because they did such a good job post launch with the witcher and, and you know they gave out all the 16 pieces of dlc the standard was set insanely high for this and i suppose we've kind of built the rod for cdprs back really but i think they're also worried that if they give out review code early you fucking know someone is going to find something to pick fault on not the not the leaked videos pre-patch and all that kind of stuff i mean look at the fiasco with the the, the, the famous one alien isolation with IGN's review, which pretty much killed the game. And that is a different kind of story because my expectations for that weren't too high going in. I didn't know much about it as such. And, you know, it turns out it's an amazing game. But I think the whole keeping it from reviewers is just because they don't want it to be out in the open after eight years of hype. And for just a couple of outlets, big outlets or small, just to go, yeah, it's not that great. You know, it has that knock-on effect where it's going to be, a few thousand sales less because one dickhead who didn't like it. I mean, look at fucking, sorry, I've got to stop swearing. Look at the um, Kotaku PS5 review. That was a train wreck, wasn't it? You imagine someone doing that with CDPR and getting it all. Mm, it was certainly Chris, something. Yeah. But you imagine someone start, starts making real life analogies about uh, cyberpunk. Sorry, I tried not to burp because I got so throat. I got these things. <laughs> excuse me sorry uh, yeah but like could you imagine with the with cyberpunk someone making analogous real life uh, uh comments and that derailing the ten thousand odd readers that were going to buy it or a small portion of that so certainly having these leaks that that link was that we watched earlier on that was up and going oh look how buggy this game like i think someone must have been playing that on potato mode on their pc because no way is a game gonna look I can't. I, I refuse to believe the game looks that bad, even without a forty-two gig patch. It's just that just doesn't look right in anyone's. You know, that's that's got to be some tweaking to make it look deliberately bad to troll people that are looking forward to it. Mm. So, I mean, this this forty-two gig patch has got to be something big, but I don't think it's going to be 
as much damage control as that footage was has led us to believe. But no, in in regards to giving it to reviewers and such, I think they're worried that it being out there into the open too soon to launch. All it takes is someone to go, I don't like it. You know, like a like a good review will go between two people. A bad review, and this is this is an old retail thing that we were told. Like a recommendation will go between two people, but a bad service will go, you know, like tenfold. Like if you serve someone badly, they'll be like, oh, don't go into, you know, let's say Game Station because we used to work there. But like, yeah, don't go to Game Station because blah 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 is rude or this kind of stuff. So I think, I just think they're worried, be, uh, which is where they got, you know, they got f- fair claim to be because this, this has been like an eight year old baby and it's just like to, to fall at the last hurdle because a couple of outlets go meh. But at the same time, it's also good PR because everyone's going, oh, why? Well, no, it's, it's good and bad because people are going, well, if they don't want reviewers to have it, then it must be shit, which is the stupid way of looking at it. Yeah. But I think. There's also the good, it doesn't spoil anything by reading a review about it. It doesn't taint the opinion of people that are looking forward to it. So I think it does work in their favor because I'm going in by, like I, I, I tweeted out earlier, I don't even know what the frigging story is. You've got Keanu Reeves in your head and you want revenge for something. But other than that, I've not read anything more about it. I'm quite happy looking forward to tooting about on my bike. So I, I think going in blind is going to be best for Cyberpunk because they want you to immerse yourself, not follow a handheld story. Yeah, I mean, at least I know, you know if once the patch is out and the game is out and the reviews do start coming more regularly, more regularly and yeah. maybe if even even if they aren't that great, at least it's about the game rather than just the, yeah, yeah. But the I mean, I, I have I have faith in CDPO. Like, I I mean, I know there's always this big pro pro uh, like for and against pre-ordering day one all this kind of stuff. But I pre-ordered it in good faith, and I'm looking forward to it. If it's a bit buggy for the first week or so, then I will ride it out i had a few glitches with the witcher that some were funny some were a bit annoying but you know i have faith that it will it will sort itself out you can't damn a game straight away i mean look at rainbow six siege i didn't like that when it first came out and then look at it now five years later i still don't like playing online but it's still um it's just it's a big you know it's it's a big enough game to sort itself out after a while so yeah i don't know christmas it's the whole ps5 thing no one's gonna have patience for it are they so (laughs) i downloaded the uh PS5 version of Rainbow Six Siege. I couldn't get a game. Tried for half an hour. Wow, okay. Matchmaking didn't work. Wow. So yeah, fuck you, Rainbow Six Siege. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Drew, it was just a... Yeah. yeah. Issues. I mean, I, like I said, I, I, I don't know. I can't call it. I, I mean, like I said, I'm biased. I'm looking forward to it. But I think some people, it's going to have a weird knock-on effect as to what's going to happen. Does anyone know when the review embargo is? Nope. There isn't one. So, so there's there, there's no pre-reviews. Oh no no no. There's, so this this is I I I respect everything that Toby and Greg have said, but they aren't sending review codes out because they are fucking terrified this game is going to be shit. They are giving it to just people they've paid to play it on the ninth, the day before it goes out, and the streamers have been told specifically what to play. Have any have any press actually got it, or, or is it just nope. influencers? No pre- no, no press have got uh, an actual finished copy of the game. Jeez, I, I for for we've we've known that, that it's been really hard to get hold of this card. That nobody's been talking to anybody about it for a while. I thought that was just the fact that they were so busy getting requests that they were kind of like hold up. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think this game is going to be really. Sh- I, I genuinely think I watched a bit of that stream. Those clips are representative of what the game looked like, what he was streaming it at. 
but that wasn't the only problem with this like there are so many small things like the combat looked fucking awful hand to hand and gunplay was awful I don't think anything in a patch going to fix a core mechanic like combat I, I don't know how many gigs you need to chuck at it to fix it but I don't think on day one this game is going to be very good I think 7 out of 10 will be you know, I, I understand that so many people are looking forward to it and CD Projekt right do not want the negative press I get that I get the feeling this is going to be like No Man's Sky Part 2. I genuinely think people are going to be super disappointed with what they get on day one. I'm just tempering my expectations. If it turns out to be brilliant, sure. I'm, I'm really hoping that it turns out to be like Skyrim, the buggiest fucking game of all time, but incredibly beloved for all the right reasons. Mm. That's what I hope it turns into. Wrong reasons. It's fucking Skyrim. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. Don't, don't ruin my expectations for what's going to be the game of the year <laughs> also combat in Skyrim Jesus Christ just yeah, but that's, Skyrim that, just, but that's exactly what the combat looks like in, in, in well, that's, that's, that's what I didn't understand what you said I was like yeah it looks like Skyrim <laughs> yeah but that, that's it I, I hope that it I mean I love Skyrim you know and plenty of other people like Skyrim I, I fully imagine this to be a Skyrim like game where you're going to have fucking you're going to be doing quests with certain situations which end up with certain NPCs not turning up and like entire parts of the game falling over. I just, I just get, it's going to be like Fallout. It's going to be like Skyrim and it's going to be like one of those RPGs. And that's, you know, that's fine. It's big, it's ambitious, it's massive. But Keanu Reeves is in your head. And it's going to be buggy. But Keanu Reeves is in your head. I mean, do you need, do you you need anything else? It's going to be breathtaking for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah, all, all the all the bugs will be fixed. You know, they they've got a massive day one patch coming, um, and and you know the 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 whole when you mantle the the thing fires your way, that'll be gone. The, the fingers crossed, all the faces will look a little bit different, and there is like a whole He's thing being where... cynical and sassy. <laughs> I can't yeah. tell if you're being serious or not. <laughs> Me? Yeah. Why? I, don't, I, I, I can't tell if you're actually being serious. So doing that grinning, like that eye rolling, uh, it'll be fixed. And no, 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 no. Your accent is putting me off. All, all, all the little things will be fixed. Like all the fucking easy things. Like, you know, no character can seem to hold the cigarettes despite the fact that they all smoke. You know, they're all like burning halfway through the, or, 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 the like the, the hand or the, the wrist. And, you know, people who sit halfway through a chair, that those things will be fixed because they're the, the story moments, the beats they'll get you through. Big things, you know, the, the teleporting you across the map, they will be fixed. But I don't think they can fix core things like combat. I don't think they'll fix things like dragging a person out of a car and your, your hands going through the face. Have you seen the driving mechanics? No. Fucking hell. <laughs> I'm, I'm, right, okay. So, so if you drive into a car, right, uh, and you drive head on, if that car has a higher wheel base than you, the car just goes over the top of you. If you, if you like, you, you basically, your car turns into a wedge and it just goes into the air. If, the, if yours is higher than that car, you just drive over the car. It is atrocious. But that'll be fixed in the day one patch. It won't, though. That won't. Yeah, that's, well. That's thing. I can guarantee yeah, well. that this is, this, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you now, I'm, I'm expecting a good five out of 10 at this point. Yeah. I imagine the patch will get it up to a seven out of 10. Fuck knows what anyone who hasn't got an internet connection is going to get. I'm really hesitant. I've got it pre-ordered, so I don't care. You know, 
I was going to play this game anyway. But it's it's like I'm, my expectations are now in the toilet, which is fine. The fact that I'm, glad, I'm glad we went to me and Greg first, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have wanted to follow that, Sean. <laughs> Yeah, with I'm my a, with my positive yeah, gonna, attitude. Like, um, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> no, I, I I hope you are looking forward to it. But I, I am absolutely not going. Like I have conned myself with games too many times now and got burns too many times to want to do it again. This if is the what? game is cack. I'm it's cack. You know, I do, it, it, if if it's not as good as it, it, it's been made out to be, that then I'm going to call it as it is. You know, I get the feeling that the stuff like this all, all all harks back to that that tale that. Greg's probably told on this podcast like five times about CD Projekt Red, where a character is T-posing downstairs on a public display. Uh, it was going upstairs, actually. Oh, upstairs, downstairs, in the lady's chamber, wherever the fuck it was. <laughs> yeah? Come on, Sean. <laughs> We've set him off. Jesus Christ. No, no, but like, if you're showing the game to the public, yeah, don't have T-posing characters in it. Like, just don't. But they did. That's rule one. Was that demonstration you watched, was it being played live in front of you or was it a video? It was played live and it was, right, played, okay. it was played along the same path every, every time. So the, 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 basically the person who was playing the demonstration would walk, walk the same path through the game. And it fucked up twice. Like once it was in the church when the, the people didn't part way and it just, it just looked like he was getting stuck in this crowd. And he got the T-posing people. And it's like... This is, at this point, the game had been in development for what, six years, seven years? A public showing? It's not good enough. I don't think this, I don't think this is going to live up to expectations. This isn't going to be game of the year. You can look out for Cyberpunk 2077 launching next week on all consoles. Yeah. yeah. If, if you are you listening can read, to this, uh, You can listen to our impressions of it next week. Yeah, because surprisingly, we haven't got a code. That, that's what I want to warn people about. If, yeah. if on, on the 10th, a review pops up, know for damn sure they've had it either from midnight and they played 12 hours. Because there, there isn't going to be a review prior to launch. And there isn't going to be a, a review on launch day or maybe the day after. And if there are, don't mm. trust them. Sorry. No, man, it's okay. Are you excited about <laughs> Cyberpunk Ross? Uh, I mean, ten, minutes, <laughs> ten, 10 minutes ago I was really excited for it um, no I, I mean I've never been like super hyped for it but I've been always like my, my expectation has always been tempered because I didn't really get on with The Witcher all that much and, but this thing just looked like it has a whole different vibe to it and you know the, the, the futuristic cyberpunk stuff is stuff that I can get into and I haven't played of like a big old RPG for such a long time. So yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to see just how many, how many characters you can be. I love uh, the, the customization looks really advanced, even though the game is first person, you know, <laughs> I'll spend hours creating my character anyway, because that's just, that's just the kind of bloody video game player that I am. And so that sort of stuff gets me excited. And I actually think, the the genius move that they made was bringing out Keanu Reeves on the Xbox stage, mm. because I think that hyped people up to a degree that they were not expecting. And from that moment, a lot of people have gone, "Oh, well, this is going to be this is going to be awesome." And you know, I think I got a little bit twisted into that hype. So I'm excited to play it. I've got it 
inst- well not installed yet but I'm uh, waiting to get it installed on the uh, the old PS5 playing in the PS4 version and uh yeah I'll see what it's like sorry just as as you're talking I've just had an email from shop 2 going we're packaging your order I kind of want to message him now going Sean told me it's shit so don't. <laughs> I don't want it anymore I don't want it anymore yeah ruined no, it's just. I know, I know. What are you? I'm. I don't want to influence anyone's decision on this. I'm just. I'm saying from my perspective, my my. I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant. I'm. I'm totally with you. I'm. I didn't watch. I watched those videos, and like I said earlier, I was a bit like, "That's got to be." But at the back of my mind, I'm like, eh, "It's possible." So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, if th- this wasn't a streamer, this was a guy that got an early copy, you know. And if that patches out there already, which if you've got people reviewing the game, you would do, but you don't have people reviewing the game. You've got streamers that are going to be streamers on the night. They are going to need to have that patch. Else you're just going to have fucking awful streams. So on the night, yeah. we've got to see at least what it looks like prior to release. I mean, we've seen that. I mean, day one patches is just a title, isn't it? And the patch will be, if it's downloaded onto our consoles before the release date, we'll see the patch before. The tenth, anyway. I mean, we. You it's quite so. a common we, thing to happen. Yeah, for sure. Like, if you're reviewing a game, you see the day one patch on, you know, day minus five. But yeah. you've also got day one patches that release on day four. <laughs> yeah, but you know, the the download that we're getting from PSN, you know, that's going to have the day one patch, even included. Okay. I don't know. I don't but know. We'll see. Might. Yeah, we'll see. Thanks, we'll well. because I don't really fancy the downloading fifty gig on release day. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well this time next week uh, we'll be here once again discussing what we think of the game after we've been hands on with it for a few hours so I mean that's uh, that's exciting Sean may completely change his mind do you want me to send it to you or are you just not going to bother yeah send it to me oh. no, I'll <laughs> okay. go fetch it okay okay uh, right then let's move on to uh, some comments from Sony this week uh, which got some uh, some tongues wagging um, I'm going to read over at Enemy they're not the original Source, but you know, I was running out of time. Um, they discussed the importance of single player games uh, to their brand and how they kind of prefer them. Um, I'm going to read a little bit from this. Despite the massive popularity of multiplayer online games, a leaked report from Sony seems to suggest that games prefer, gamers prefer single player games instead. This is according to documentation distributed by Sony to developers in 2019, as obtained by Vice, which features internal tracking data that showed PS4 users spend more time online on offline games compared to online modes. Single player is thriving, Sony claimed in the presentation. The company's research also noted that the single player game experience did come with its caveats, and players pointed out our four key issues. No idea how long I might need, don't play unless you have two plus three hours. Takes a long time to scan through long help videos when stuck, how to engage socially without risk of spoilers. I forgot what I was doing in this game last time and it's hard to get back in. So, I mean, yeah, it goes on like that, but it looks like a lot of those ideas were implemented into the PS5 as we are now. You can obviously get up Sony's own help videos. You can share screenshots with spoiler warnings on them. And um, yeah, they seem to have taken a lot of this to heart. But what got people talking was how people seem to be surprised that Sony have taken this stance, even though they just built an entire generation of this very idea. Uh, Toby, what do you think of this? Do you think Sony have obviously had a very successful generation with fantastic single player games is it just the quality of the single player games that, that keep people playing them is that why people prefer them because obviously games like COD and Fortnite are still massive anyway 
I, I love this. I think it's like the most welcome sort of non-news ever. Um, we've we've always known within the gaming community that single player games are awesome and they are you know often people's favorite games if you want to play multiplayer you play multiplayer as well but there has always been and and you know when we've had these strange things from like EA that say single player is dead and all this kind of stuff that really stupid quotes that came out a few years back and just started a frankly ridiculous debate about people not wanting single player experiences anymore and then you have people like Sony releasing AAA single player experiences throughout an entire generation, you know, Last of Us, Ghost of Tsushima, um, Horizon, you know, th those kind of things are just, you know, incredible single player experiences and you'd be a, a fool to miss out on them. It makes perfect sense that people still like single player experiences. Those things sell massive, massive amounts. You know, they, I just don't see what the, um, I just don't see what the argument ever was. Do you see what I mean? Um, and then suddenly EA, you know, proved themselves wrong with their own game, um, Jedi Fallen Order, where, you know, just it, it sold like hotcakes and they were they had to eat their own words about it. This is just great. This is just data that backs up that if um, on a Sony exclusive, you know, when we're talking about Sony exclusive and we're talking about Sony, you know, first party games, that they are going to concentrate on single player which they seem to do incredibly well. And they seem to have a roster of studios that do those incredibly well um, for, you know, for all the games nominated on the, on the game of the year awards, et cetera. There's, you know, a number of them are Sony exclusive single player games. Um, yeah. I, I just think it's like, it's like non news. I think it's, it's just something we've always known. I do like the fact that the, um, the data has those extra findings in it about people's complaints with single player um, that, you know, things that they'd like to see, done slightly differently and that they've integrated into the ps5 uh, ui so knowing how long you need to play so having more save points having more checkpoints auto saving you know all those kind of things and the ssd drive is going to be part of that having bite-sized help videos in the cards having you know the the spoiler alerts like you say on on things you share and actually getting developers to just give you far more reminders of what you're doing next and where to go next and all this kind of stuff it's kind of leading you by the hand a lot but it's going to be more and more helpful. It's going to get, get things to be, you know, you're going to get less and less likely to get stuck, which, you know, might turn off some gamers, but I think overall it's a very, um, it's a good expansive and very Sony way to do things. Like, you know, they, they want people to be able to play. They, they, they're going in a slightly Nintendo-y direction. They're just trying to get things to be very, very user-friendly. And, you know, why not? And, but that that central argument about, yeah, single player is just... I've always thought single player was the most important thing and it's what drives games and always will probably. Yeah, who knew? Yeah, exactly. It's like it's some kind of realization for some people. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, Sean, you wanted to bring this one up uh, this week. Is it is it interesting to you? Or is this just like, yeah, whatever. Sony <laughs> make great first party games. <laughs> This was Toby's baby. This was wasn't mine. Mine was the keen gamer thing. Oh yeah, the exclusive spit. That, yeah, that's next. Um, Sorry. This 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 never surprised me. Um, I I've been doing um, bits with Sony for for a while, um, and when when I did a little stint there doing um, market research, they started to use something that was it's basically a questionnaire, and it asks players how they feel when they play games. And 
it, it asks you something like, um, do you feel scared when you play games? Do you feel bored? Do you feel alone? Do you feel excited? Those kind of things. Sony have been trying to dig into the psychology of why people play games for, I, I reckon, about a decade now. Uh, and they, they have, they've stumbled upon a formula of games which people are, A, attracted to enough to buy, and B, keep people engaged. It's not perfect, and that's what the PS5 is trying to, um, to completely fix. It's, it's basically the Ubisoft formula of games where, you know, for, for a massive and very silent majority of players who play games, they like to play a game, have a list of achievements, uh, achievements and tasks to do, uh, to do it in a way that's fun, and but it, but for it to be achievable, for, for it not to be onerous, for it not to be too difficult. And that's what Sony have done with Spider-Man, with uh, Days Gone, with Ghost of Tsushima. And it makes no surprise that single-player games have really taken off. They, they obviously still have to cater to everyone who answers those questionnaires with, I feel lonely when I play games because I want to play multiplayer. And they have done with Ghost of Tsushima. And they will do with, with the likes of um, Sackboy's Adventure, once it's online and all the multiplayer's working and everything. But it makes no surprise that single-player game is thriving, and it always has been. It's just that people have not had the data. Sony are one place that has been having the data and has been for a decade and has been designing games around that data. And, uh, yeah, none of this is a surprise. And well done for Sony for at least building a console around that data for that massive silent majority of games. Uh, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Um, Greg, have you got a take on this? I know it's not like a, a groundbreaking piece of news, but... Uh, no, unfortunately I don't. Even though I read the, the article you sent me, I know I was a bit out of the loop on this one, but yeah, like you said, it's non-news. Like, people like single-player games, and Sony want to capitalise on that because Sony have put a lot of them out. Cool. Yeah. That, that's it. That's, that's my two <laughs> The other two have covered it quite well, so yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'll bring you in on that exclusive then, uh, because sort of tying into this, the, the big thing that Sony have done for the PS4 obviously is create fantastic single-player experiences that have been exclusive to the PlayStation, or some have slowly eased their way onto PC. But there was an article over at Keen Gamer uh, this week, which argued that exclusivity is ruining the future of video games. And yeah, I, Sean did bring this one in. I forgot. I got the, I got these two mixed up, but um, was there anything about this particular article, Sean, that you wanted to? So yeah, this, this article made um, a couple of decent points around uh, exclusives. Um, but basically the article was, was weighing up the pros and cons of exclusive games. And it, you know, it, it does it in a, in a way that it's like, yeah, exclusive style consoles, but boo, DLC and paid stuff. And it, it, it's, in my head, I was very conflicted and I was just wondering what your opinions were, right? Whether, whether, you know, obviously Microsoft have purchased Bethesda and that is one of the big kind of clouds over gaming right now. Will all of their games be exclusive to Xbox platforms slash PC? Um, and, you know, will Sony continue to money hat you know, DLC for games like um, Marvel's Avengers, which is having Spider-Man, or Call of Duty, which has got specific modes. Um, just a general consensus on, because this, this article blew up and went through my feed on Twitter a number of times, both for and against exclusivity. Um, and I was just wondering what people's takes were, whether exclusivity, exclusivity in any form is helpful for 
Toby, do you want to kick this one off? Uh, sure. Um, I think I'm on the side of um, exclusive fuel competition. So I, I've never had a massive problem with there being exclusive franchises on each of these machines. They, you know, they, they serve to sell that particular hardware. Um, but I think that exclusives in general are actually the best of that particular console most of the time. So um, the things that are across, you know, all across different um, consoles are, are, are often um, not necessarily the, the most strong games of that particular generation. They're, they're stuff that we see the same of each year. Things like Call of Duty, things, are, things like Assassin's Creed, where the, the franchises don't change all that much each time around. Whereas when you have you know, the backing of the, the hardware manufacturer itself and you have time to produce something and you're doing a, you know, a big single player experience like that, you actually have the ability to do more. You have the ability to innovate. You have the ability to um, you know, use data to, to make your game exactly what people want. And I think that, that, that competition, that, that fueling of that is actually quite useful for the gaming industry. The, you know, Horizon and, and the ones that we've already mentioned, Ghost of Tsushima, et cetera, but also on, on the Xbox side, things like Gears of War and Halo, they're those systems' biggest games. They're those systems' franchises. And it's not, it's not only because they're exclusive, it's because they are the best games on those systems. And I think that that, you know, that, that kind of gives, that's the main reason that, I'm, that I think it fuels competition, that it's a good, overall, a good thing. I would err on the side of it being a bad thing when it comes to things like, you know, exclusive DLC that, you know, on one particular console, you only get Spider-Man or you only get this particular character or something like that. That that kind of DLC exclusive, like timed exclusive, everyone gets the beta on, on Xbox, but they don't get it on PlayStation. Those little sort of niggly, like console warry exclusives um, or, or exclusive content things, those annoy me. Um, I don't see the point in any of those, really. You've already bought one of the consoles, so who cares? It, it, it's not going it, to... It's rare that those kind of things are going to sell a whole console, whereas a, a game like Horizon will sell the consoles. It will sell hardware for the, in the millions. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely on the side of it. Fueling competition, but the niggly side is annoying. I pretty much agree with that. Yes, I will also agree with that now that my microphone's working. Hey, great! <laughs> I think it just it just sort of passed from Sean to me, and I was like, click, unclick, click, unplug the mic, plug the mic back in. Yeah, wasn't working. What side are you on, then, Greg? I think you've succinctly summarised it. Like, it's healthy competition as such, but when it starts getting too pedantic, it's just like, it, if it breeds competition, then that's a good thing. But when it starts turning around itself, and oh well, such and such hasn't got this, so it's a it's the killer rap for this console and all this kind of shit. And then you start seeing it also like hypes itself up. Like Killzone was supposed to be the Halo beta and Haze was supposed to be the Halo beta and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's unhealthy competition. That's trying to levy yourself up to a position of grandeur before your game is even out to generate hype and that back. But um, yeah, I don't have a major issue with it as such. But then I'm the dumbass that got an Xbox One for Quantum Break, so that kind of backfired, didn't it? So, <laughs> yeah, I think exclusive games are good. I think exclusive content isn't. And I think yeah, that that is the worst thing sometimes, yeah. and it's yeah, the like I said, it's annoying. It's like oh, you got you can only get this one for this character. Like, well, to use to use that analogy from stop saying analogy. It's like word calendar of the day, Batman. Uh, there's skins on the PlayStation and there's some like Joker only type stuff that on Batman Arkham uh, or uh, fuck it 
What was the first Batman Arkham game? Arkham Asylum. Yeah. There was the Joker-only combat maps. And there's some stuff on Arkham Knight now as well that's PlayStation-only, like Scarecrow Missions type stuff. So yeah, that's annoying that I had a look at those on the PlayStation. So I'm like, fuck, I haven't even got that on my bloody season pass on my Xbox version. So yeah. Yeah. That's part of marketing deals, though, isn't it? Well, we can yes, all agree. Absolutely. We can all agree that exclusive, exclusivity is not ruining gaming. No. Right. Okay. So somebody wrote, wrote a wank article. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, Spider-Man PS4, perfect exclusive. Spider-Man being exclusive to the Avengers, that's not cool. <laughs> yes, that's the best analogy. Yeah. Can... <laughs> Even though, you know... <laughs> I was spreading that word around, analogously. <laughs> <laughs> Analogously... No, I don't think anyone's going to be playing Avengers by the time Spider-Man launches on it. I'm but, looking forward to playing it, probably. I know you are. <laughs> I know you are. I just, I just like, I feel like I need to wait until all the content's there now because it feels like, like, how how have we had a, like a half price price cut before even the first characters dropped? They really oh, fucking CEX still forty quid in CEX. You're kidding. Oh, it's going to be on Game Pass. On... It'll be on Game Pass by by the end of this year. I yeah. guarantee it. Yeah, probably. It'll go free to play on PS4 and it'll be Game Pass on Xbox. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, no one... I mean, they, they need a player base back. That's what a live service needs more than anything else. And that's what they don't have currently. Yeah, it, it, it just needed not to be a live series game, really. <laughs> yeah, it did. You're listening to Square Enix. Jeez. Also, thanks for FF7 Remake. It was awesome. Um, right, let's jump quickly into the movie news. Um, Monster Hunter. Now, I was reading about this. There isn't any critical reviews of Monster Hunter yet. I went on Rotten Tomatoes and nothing there. But Monster Hunter released in China, did it? Yeah. yeah. And there was Oof. a massive backlash. There was this very particular scene that was considered quite racist, um, which, they, which, as I understand it, will be cut from every other version of this film uh, when we see it in, in a few months, I think. Uh, but what what did happen was Monster Hunter World's Steam reviews got absolutely smashed because of this Why? particular scene. Because people haven't got anywhere else to vent their to vent their anger because the Rotten Tomatoes page is not a good game because of what fucking Paul W. Anderson's done. Uh, because of the gaming industry, I mean, uh, yeah. Because gamers, it's them, them folks. Um, now, I w- I would share with you what it was, but I can't. Not only because it's obviously horribly racist, but uh, yeah, they managed to snipe it all from the internet. And I went to look at the media and it said the media has been disabled by, in response to a report by the copyright owner. So there's a lot of that going on this week. I can tell you what it is if you, if you do want us to put, it, put out what it is. What, the um, joke? The nah. joke. Nah. Which, which, which no. is fucking funny. It makes It's not... It's- just an old stereotype. Yeah, it's, it's an old, it's, it's, it's an old it's racist, racist rhyme. It's the same as the eeny, meeny, it's the same as the eeny, meeny, morning bow. When you used to say the word that you weren't supposed to say when you were a kid, you didn't know what it meant. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. And it's the same sort of idiot type of someone, whoever the fucking screenwriter was, was like, oh, this would be funny. Because it was, I made it, it made me laugh when I was a kid. And it's like, you do realize are in 2020 now. So you're an adult and you wrote this and you thought that would be passable. <laughs> and you put it out in the market that the joke is aimed at. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, but yeah, the game. Is I think the biggest offense. I think the biggest offense that film has caused is being made in the fucking first place. <laughs> yeah, Mila Jovovich. Yeah, 
How dare you be a paid actress who needs to earn money to live and marry a husband that keeps making shit films? Apart from now Fifth we... Element. No, he didn't make Fifth <laughs> Element. Um, Event Horizon. Now we know the difference between Paul W.S. Anderson and Paul T. Anderson. Yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson and Paul yeah. W.S. Anderson, yeah. Yeah, there's a major difference. He made in, uh, Paul in... W.S. Anderson made Event Horizon, and that is a good film. And the first Resident Evil was an all right film. But just, God, stop giving him licenses. Mm. Yeah, so uh, where are your hype levels now for this film? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in the fucking uh, ground. Yeah. <laughs> colder, colder than the levels of Iceborne in Monster Hunter World. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. Colder than Iceborne. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's where we are now with uh, Monster Hunter, the film. Although, uh, Mila Jovovich has just been added to Monster Hunter World Iceborne. Uh, why? If you want to check that out. <laughs> I truly don't. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get Iceborne in the end? No, I still haven't bought it yet because I think Toby and I just haven't got around to it yet. Um, you get a little bit of the content yeah. of Iceborne in Monster Hunter World even if you don't buy Iceborne you get yeah, like a few extra yeah. bosses and a few extra monsters and things but um, no I don't think we bought the actual I'm, I'm too scared to jump expansion. in now because everyone's going to be better than me uh, yeah I'm, I'm waiting for Monster Hunter Rise on Switch that'll be my next way into this series again yeah Monster Hunter announced the other day travel to the new world and play Monster Hunter protagonist Artemis voiced by Millie Jovovich Monster Hunter movie I'm good. Iceborne crossover <laughs> is available now if you're into that sort of thing Okay, let's go into lighter news with Oscar Isaac being announced as Solid Snake for the upcoming oh, the new, Metal Gear Solid movie. The new Tom Hardy. Mm, now, I'm going to go to Greg on this one because uh. he's the biggest MGS fan I know. Are you happy with this casting news? Well, I just I've made that Tom Hardy joke. Um, same, sort <laughs> of, same sort of ambivalence, really. Because like, when they said Tom Hardy was going to be in Mad Max, I was like, why? And then Mad Max Fury Road is a phenomenal film. And then he made Venom. So, I don't know. I mean, it certainly is Oscar Isaac's moment to shine. And I think he's got the the grizzled... I mean, put a bandana on him, shave his beard. I'm sure he'd he'd look a decent fit for Snake. But unfortunately, it's the same thing. The problem I have with casting a film like this is it's the same thing as like Harry Potter fans are going to have or any kind of reader of a book is going to have. And then when they see the film they're going to have pictures of what they think the character looks like. Whereas in Metal Gear Solid, obviously I got pictures of what the characters already look like. So it's always going to be that issue of casting it. Now, I know that Jonathan Voigt Roberts, is that how you pronounce his name? He wants to do this faithfully. He doesn't want to do a Yui Bowl or a Paul W.S. Anderson and go, here's the framework. Fuck that. I'm going to make something the idiot film would go as like he wants to do it properly. And I think given the right script and given the right attention, it could be done. Um, yeah. Metal Gear Solid is a fantastical world. It's big giant robots. And, you know, you've got one of, one of Foxhound is called decoy octopus and he's a white guy and he somehow, they never really go into it. I think it's to do something like dyeing his skin. I don't think like Tropic Thunder style, but I think he does something where he poses as a black man. And not in a in a in a racist way, but like that's how fantastical it is. And you've got fucking psychomantist who can read minds and open doors with his minds, all that kind of stuff. So it's it's hoping they'll keep it faithful, and it's hoping that because Oscar Isaac was terrible as Apocalypse and X Men, it's hoping that they can do the character a service, a good service, and that he 
I'm not, I'm not criticizing him, but like, you know, some actors step into a role and they start changing things and it's like, why would you mess with the set dressings? You know, like hopefully the, the team behind it can steer him into a good, and he can do the character, you know, justice as anyone else in the cast will. So trepidation, I think really. Um, can't see why he wouldn't be a good character, but because someone else was saying about Pas- uh, what's his face, Pascal. Pedro Pascal. Uh, yeah, and that that wouldn't fit. But Oscar Isaac would. I mean, I can see that more than I can see with Pedro Pascal. Yeah. So we'll see. But it's going to be <laughs> weird hearing like a different voice of the character because to me it's always going to be David Hayter and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, we'll see. Damn, I was really hoping that Kiefer was going to be announced as the lead. Yeah, but he's not Solid Snake. Just he's, not to, actually, uh... he's not even. He's not even Snake. Just to see what would happen. Spoilers. My God, I don't understand it at all. I'm just well, actually, when you play when you play Metal Gear Solid Five, you're not playing a snake. You're playing as a medic who is brainwashed into thinking he's snake, hence why it's Keeper Sutherland. Spoilers for a five year old game. Is that true? Yeah, seriously, I had that spoil for me with like a week of bloody <laughs> pain being out. Did you play Ground Zeroes? I did. Yeah. Yeah, you know the, the bit where Paz's bomb explodes, the one that's stuck up her ass. Um, and it blows him into the helicopter. It's the medic that dives in the way to save Snake. And then when you start playing Metal Gear Fountain Pain and you get your facial surgery redone, it's not you, be, it's not Snake being sorted out. It's, um, it's your character, it's the medic basically being uh, facially reconstructed to look like Snake. And yeah, it turns yeah, out yeah. it's, and the guy that helps you through, the one that says, call me, um, Ahab, call me Ishmael, that's the real Snake escaping. And, that's when they've retconned the whole series. So Big Boss in the first Metal Gear game back from the old NES days isn't Big Boss. It's actually the, the fake snake, the medic. So they've retconned it now. So the first Big Boss you kill isn't the real one. And then Metal Gear 2 is the real Big Boss that you take out. And then by the events of Metal Gear Solid, it's all come back around full circle. And I think my brain's falling out of my ear. Wow. Yeah. What a franchise. Oh, Spoiler alert. Good luck, yeah. It's five year old game. <laughs> I don't. I genuinely you, you've ruined the whole series, man. <laughs> I just, I've just got to run up to speed. So by the time Metal Gear Solid comes around in 1998, Foxhound is. <laughs> <laughs> you should do a just an encyclopedic podcast of uh, the Metal Gear Solid history. Oh no, because by the end of it, everyone will be like, I don't get it. <laughs> well, explain we think to Hideo like... Kojima is still completely yeah. aware of what's going on. <laughs> I don't think he really cares anymore, do you think? No. <laughs> no. Um, has anyone got any opinions on Oscar Isaac? Only that he's pretty chameleonic. So he could probably play any, anything. You know, he, he's the guy with the bald guy with the massive beard in uh, Ex Machina who looks nothing like he looks in Star Wars. You know, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So he's a good actor. He can probably do it justice. Um, but I'm sure he can look like Solid Snake. Um, but at the same time, just because he's a great actor doesn't mean it'll be a great movie because David Fassbender's a pretty great actor and Assassin's Creed wasn't that great. So you mean Michael brother, Fassbender. Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. David is his character uh, in the <laughs> Alien, uh, films. Alien films. You are um, going all franchise now. I just <laughs> scrambled you. Uh, dear. Um, but I, and I agree with the... Um, it, it sounds really interesting that this Jonathan Voigt guy is going to go with the supernatural things. I think that's cool. But Vulcan Raven as well is a bit of a supernatural sort of a boss and it's like a mantis. 
oh, who knows? But it could yeah. be cool if he comes from the Ravens and all that stuff that he said he would. The Raven on my head first. Yeah. <laughs> all of that yeah, stuff's right. fantastic. So <laughs> I hope it's still in there. Sounds like a great role for uh, Mila Jovovich. <laughs> oh, she'll, be Sniper Wolf. she'll be Sniper Wolf doing a shit Russian accent. She'll be quiet, will she? <laughs> she'll be quiet. No, it's in the wrong franchise. Uh, wrong game. <sighs> Get it right. Oh, my God. Go no, on, do, do, do you think they're actually going to stick to the, the plot? I hope so. Well, he, and, and if well so, they claim. And if they wouldn't, they need to start with Metal Gear Solid 5. No, it's just doing, they're just doing Metal Gear Solid, not doing the whole franchise. Oh, fuck me. That'd be like an eight hour epic, wouldn't it? No, I mean, I mean, like, obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's gone along so many games that I just thought they would start, you know, chronologically first. No, I think they're going by, by, like, what we got over here. So the first massive breakthrough game was Metal Gear Solid. I think, I think that's just the passion piece right now. Oh, okay. Right. In, in 40 years' time, we might be recasting Oscar Isaac's son as uh, <laughs> a Naked Snake <laughs> from Metal Gear Solid 3. Oh, no. Lord. Does anyone know if Kojima's attached to this in any way, shape, or form? Well, Voight, Voight Roberts and Kojima are buddies, but unfortunately, it's down to licensing, isn't it? So, I was just because like, Kojima's like, big into his film production. and Yeah, yeah. He basically, he's tried to make... I don't know how much he's allowed to, really, because of yeah, that's, rights. That's the thing. Oh, okay. That was the fallout, wasn't it? So, it's just because like he's he's basically put enough cutscenes into the Metal Gear Solid to make a, a movie. So yeah, I was actually watching um, the other day on YouTube. Someone's just compiled all the FMVs, FMVs like the cutscenes from Twin Snakes, the GameCube remake, into a movie. I was like, sweet, I'm going to sit and watch that. <laughs> wow, you have too much time on your hands. <laughs> no, I, I don't. It was just background noise to fall asleep to. I actually fell Fair asleep enough. watching it. Wow. Well, there you go. I, I, I need David here to go, Metal Gear? Repeating everything that everyone says to him to really help me <laughs> fall asleep. <laughs> he does a lullaby. <laughs> Snake So Yeah, that's the Metal Gear Solid movie, which will be released uh, in 2027 or something. I'll see, normally we... Same time as Cyberpunk's coming out. <laughs> that's where these normally Metal Gear projects go, isn't it? Except for Metal Gear Rising, of course. That's a good game. The best one. Yeah, and there's Metal Gear Survive, which is just, we don't talk about that. <laughs> oh, good times. Right then, it's time for the Indie Corner. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> um, so there's just three games I want to talk about this week. Uh, the first is called Speed Limit. Now, I shared this with all of you on, on Slack. Oh, it week. looks awesome. Yes, it looks like... No oh, that one that I've already yeah. forgotten about. Yes, it looks amazing. Yes, it, it looks like No More Heroes sat down with a massive bowl of cocaine and had a real good time. Every, t- every time I think, sorry, every time I think of No More Hero, uh, not a hero, sorry, not a hero. Yeah, not, every not. time I think of that, the trailer, it's like, shit a brick out of your eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but th- this game does literally shit a brick out of his eyeball. It's just absolutely fucking manic. Um, basically, this game is a combination of arcade classics melded into one hell of a commute to work. So it starts off as like a two, 2D uh, side-scrolling shooter uh, and then there's uh, like a aerial section and there's like you know the part from the Terminator game where you're running away from the truck there's parts like that basically it is a combination of different genres all into one very uh, rocket-fueled version of these games and uh, it looks amazing that's from a, ga- a developer called GameChuck and it's coming out on consoles and PC uh, in quarter one 2021 so go and check that out uh, it's called Speed Limit and it's from developers called Game Chuck. Uh, so the second game I wanted to talk about is called Bear and Breakfast. Okay, 
this is basically a a game where you run a bed and breakfast, but you're a bear. And I don't know why I, I love this concept, but I love this concept. Um, it's, it's a laid back management adventure game where you build and run a bed and breakfast, but you're a bear. So basically it looks like Stardew Valley, um, but you've, you've actually got fur and paws and you basically get to build and run this bed, bed and breakfast. Uh, that's uh, what? I'm yeah. listening. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So I'm, yep, I'm in. Um, it's, it's on Steam now. I think it's, I don't think it's out yet. I think it's in development. Um, but uh, it looks very peculiar, um, but I, I'm, I'm on board. It's from a developer called Gummy Cat. Um, and I don't think it's coming to any other platform other than Steam on PC. So go and give that a look. A look. It's called Bear and a Breakfast. Okay, last game. It's called Penko Park, which I'm just going to describe this game in one sentence. I'll leave it there because I think that's all I need to say about it. It's Pokemon Snap, but if it was done by Tim Burton, done. Yikes. That's out on Steam now. Go check it out. Penko cool. Park. Penko Park? Yes. Is that with a C or a K? K. K. Anybody else got any indie games they want to talk about this week? Um, no. I'm just still reading over Song of Iron last week, actually. I love that. Can't wait to play it. And uh, yeah, speed limit looks crazy. Certainly does. Dibs. It's time for the quiz answers. Okay, let's do this. Question one. The Nintendo company was founded in 1889 and originally made what? Uh, Greg? I think you picked me because I went, I got this wrong. I said playing cards. That is correct. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know it was greeting cards or playing cards. You're going to be very surprised by the number that you get right here. Um, question two. Which... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oh, that I, noise. I, I apparently lost my man in this end. I mean, I meant you. Um, it was funny because you said before the podcast I've had a really manly day today. <laughs> I'm going to balance it out. Okay. Uh, question two. Which of these Zelda games was really originally published on the Game Boy? Was it Minish Cap, The Adventures of Link, or Link's Awakening? Uh, Ross? Uh, Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening is correct. Uh, question three, what was the name of the light gun peripheral for the original Nintendo Entertainment System? Uh, Toby? No, I don't have an answer for this one. Uh, uh, Roscoe? The Nez Zapper. That is correct. Yeah. Two seconds. Of course it is. That's the, two seconds is how long it took his Google results to come up. Jesus, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> fucking broken record, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I say I knew it was a fucking super scope, and I knew what the enforcer was because I wrote about that recently, which is the fucking Mega Drive one. Oh, I put that in on a quiz, didn't I? I put it in, the, in the Mega Drive quiz I did. Yes. Yeah. So I knew I knew what the the Mega Drive counterpart was, but I f- forgot what the fucking NES one was called. And it used to, oh, the the trigger was insanely like it used yes. to properly clank, didn't it? It wasn't quiet. It was like <laughs> yeah, properly spring loaded. Like it's made of tinfoil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Question four: Which Nintendo series featured a villain called Ridley? Uh, Greg? Metroid. Metroid is correct. Uh, question five. What is the name of the Star Fox Battleship and Mobile Headquarters? Um, is it Starship Fox, Lilac Fox, or Great Fox? Uh, Ross? Great Fox. Great Fox is correct. Ah, oh, phew. I knew Lilac's the system, isn't it? Yes. Uh, question six. The first legendary Pokemon introduced in the Kanto region are Articuno, Zapdos, and which other Pokemon? Toby? Moltres. Moltres. Oh, correct. I got it right! I know, I know. <laughs> I knew you'd be surprised. <laughs> Did I spell it right as well? 
You did? Wow. <laughs> okay, question You seven. love Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> what was that laugh? He's <laughs> <laughs> been hiding this love for Pikachu. Yep. <laughs> he actually plays Fortnite a lot. <laughs> question yeah, seven. About, about once every two weeks. Question seven. In which Mario game did Wario make his first appearance? Was it Yoshi's Island, Super Mario All-Stars, or Super Mario Land 2? Six golden coins. Uh, Greg? That one. The last one you said. That is correct. Super Mario Land 2, six golden coins. Uh, question eight. Drawing success from the Mario Kart series, which N64 game used characters from the Donkey Kong Country franchise to have their own racing fun? Uh, Ross? Diddy Kong Racing. Diddy Kong Racing is correct. And Wizpick can go fuck himself. I can never finish it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, question nine. Which Nintendo character made his debut in Mario Tennis for the N64? Uh, Toby? Uh, I half wrote Daisy and then Waluigi. Waluigi is correct. Which I'm pretty confident of. Yes. Daisy was in the fucking Game Boy version of Super Mario Land. Right. Well, she was just my first because I was starting to think of someone outside of the main group. But then I she was in Mario Brothers, right? She's the one that says that the princess is in the other castle. No, it's Toad. Yeah, that's Toad. No, Daisy was the, the girly counterpart in the first Super Mario Land on the Game Boy. Uh, okay. Because I remember I've got the I've got the Super Mario Land song on my iTunes about my memory being hazy all because I've got to rescue Daisy. Okay, question 10. The helpful fairy Navi got its name from which word and function it helps link with, uh, Ross? I mean, nav. I just went for navi- navigation. Yeah, same. Uh, the word, yeah, I'll take that. It's navigate. Um, yeah. uh, she was named after the navigation. I think we all um, wrote navigation then. Yeah. Well done. I actually did all right on that. Yeah, I think I think you all did really well. To be fair, um, fuck, I got nine. <laughs> told you you'd be surprised. Wow. Uh, so Greg got nine. Uh, Ross, how many did you get? I got nine. Toby, how many did, did you get? Yeah, I'm oh, sorry. Nine. Wow, you all Everyone's win this week. <laughs> who, didn't, who didn't get what? I didn't get. Uh, I didn't get the zapper. So I didn't get the zapper one either. Wow. And Ross didn't get the Pokemon one. Mm. Well done, everybody. I, I didn't Google it. <laughs> Nine <laughs> out of ten. We're all winners. Yay! Best quiz ever again. Yeah. Okay. Best quiz ever. Everyone's a winner. Yeah. I'm going to sound really salty because you're not the only winner. It's only a good quiz. It's only a good quiz when Ross wins. Yeah, and it's the best quiz ever when we all win. You know, it's all about the friends we make along the way, Greg. Okay. We haven't made along the way. I know you lot. Yeah, it's, it's just, 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 just a thing people say. Right, thank you, Sean. Our pleasure. What a treat. Right, we're going to finish off with Out This Week. What on earth is possibly out this week, Toby Anderson? Okay, so uh, loads of things out this week. So if I start with December 7th, which is the day this goes live, I've got a game called Drawn to Life, uh, Two Realms coming out. Um, oh, it doesn't say where it's coming out on. That again. We've got a game on December 7th called Drawn to Life Two Realms. And then starting on December 8th, loads of games. So um, Monster Sanctuary coming to Switch, PC, and I think uh, Xbox Game Pass as well. Um, Puyo Puyo Tetris 2 coming to Switch and PS4. Destiny 2, the expansion pack, uh, is coming to yet another system on that day as well. It doesn't say which one it is. Uh, Doom Eternal is coming to Switch. 
uh, Call of the Sea is finally releasing on Ooh. Xbox. Uh, so I know that we've got obviously at least one person interested in that one. Love, um, love it. Can't wait to play it. That's great. Okay, cool. Uh, Temtem, which is uh, Pokemon by any other name, are coming to PlayStation 5 on December 8th as well. Then on December 9th, we've got a game called Do Not Feed the Monkeys. Didn't, um, Ooh, I reviewed didn't that someone review that? Yeah, I think so. it's coming to to Xbox One. Oh my God, that game's been around forever. I figured it was already out and everything. Uh, it's coming to Xbox One on the 9th. Um, a game, uh, the one that uh, Sean mentioned for his game of, the, game of the Week, Unto the End, is also coming to PC and PS4. Um, and again, Xbox Game Pass on December 9th as well. Uh, then on December 10th, hmm, there's a, a, just a little game called Cyberpunk 2077. I finally been able to say that that's coming out um, on PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X and S. Uh, and Stadia. Anything else? Don't forget Stadia. And Stadia. <laughs> Is it just not coming to Switch? Is that the only uh, place it's not? Yeah, I mean, to? it's not officially out on PS5 or Series X yet. Okay. That'll be next year. But you but can play it on them. You certainly can. Okay, cool. Um, Pixel Junk Eden 2 has decided to go up head-to-head with Cyberpunk 2077 um, on Switch. And Orwell's Animal Farm, which I'm reviewing, um, and there will be a review on the site on that day as well, is coming to Steam on that day. Uh, The Panzer Dragoon remake is coming to Xbox One on December 11th. Medal of Honor Above and Beyond is coming out on December 11th as well. Uh, for PC, and are there any more? Let's see. Nope, that's it. I'm gonna stop there. That's all the releases for the week ahead. All right, thanks, Toby. No worries. Very exciting times. So do look out for our podcast next week, where we'll be discussing hands-on with Cyberpunk 2077, along with the Game Awards. I mean, yeah, the next next episode is going to be massive. So do not miss it. But until then. Thank you very much indeed for listening. This has been the Fiend Guns Podcast. If you do want to follow us, go down to the link tree in the description below and find us absolutely everywhere. Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Podcasts and all the places where you find podcasts. If you really like what we do, you can sign up to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash fingerguns. For a whole dollar, you can keep this podcast alive on all of its various hosting services along with the website. That'd be lovely. Thank you very much. But that's it. So it is goodbye from Mr. Greg Hicks. Goodbye. Mr. Toby Anderson. Sayonara. Mr. Sean Davies. Drawdog. And me. I've been Roscoe. We'll see you next time for a very big Finger Guns podcast. Bye.